Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artists, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. No, no, 
no, no, no. I mean, it's like every detail. You could actually follow every detail. From what really teed me off is when you start talking about your daughters in the beginning and how they mistreated you. No one really wanted to understand. And I mean, in your mind, you're thinking like, really? How can you be that low down to your own flesh and blood? But you'll treat a dog better in the street. Yes. That's one daughter. The other three, I have four. Uh, That's one daughter who treats me totally different. Like I've done something to her totally. And but the other daughters are good to me. They are real okay. good to me and they they different from her. That one had five children. My other three daughters have one child each and they all have college degrees. Now this one daughter just finished her school after ten years. I ain't never mm-hmm. been thrown over her school taking years, but it took her ten years because she wasn't going a lot. She was doing other things. Uh and she just lived different, you know, than them. But I, I, I not raised those kids. You see that in the book for ten years, and right, she, she's still acting. And just ungrateful. I hope one day she's still acting the same way. Yes, we're not even speaking right now because oh, I'm gonna I'm tell hurt. you what. Why we're not? Speaking. Uh, we. I was trying to work on our relationship because I wanted to have a relationship with her. And I love my grandkids. So we moved back. Me and my, one of my daughters lived in California. And then my other two daughters came. Not the, Shell is my third daughter. That's the one with the five kids. I just had the kids because I had custody, permanent custody of the kids. But see, I got sick and I almost died. So my daughters, they sent the kids back. And the mom got them. But then I'm when I come back, I come back to Louisville, Kentucky. I come back and people telling me, she's telling people that I got AIDS and I'm dying. And I'm like, oh my God, why would she do that? Because that's not nobody else's business. I put it in the book. Right. I don't need her going out here. But she, before I even wrote the book, soon as she found out, she started telling people that. And that was not right because she did that to one of her friends and the girl stopped taking the medicine and died. She knows that's why that girl got depressed. She told everybody, and this is what she did to her own mother. She told everybody, and she is not claiming that. And I was kind of mad about it. And those kids would start disrespecting me after I done took care of them for 10 years. So I'm like, I don't care if I see them or not. I'm like, if they're going to be like her and ungrateful, oh, well. I'm not going to, you know, some people look at it like, well, that's your child. But She's not going to keep talking to me crazy. She's not going to keep disrespecting me. Right. So. Right. I don't care about you being my flesh and blood. This is going to be a certain way that you're going to talk to me or you can get you can get the heck on. You know, back at during our time, you get smart with your mom. You got that clout. Like, seriously, your mom popped you right in your mouth and won no question and dared you to stand up and look like you about to hit her. You going to do what? Nothing. <laughs> Just walk the other way. See, that's the type of thing she need. She need one of them old school beatings. Just hit her right on the face that. a couple of times. Right. <laughs> I hope, I, but see, she but you know it's going to be funny? Because it's going it's, to it's gonna come back to her. But it's going to be ten times as hard. She's she not standing yeah, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to come back to uh, her kids. Because right. they were, when they were with me, they lived a good life. We lived in California, lived in the suburbs. They lived a good life. I, I spoiled them because, you know, I felt bad for them because she really, really abused them for years. And uh, then I mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even want the kids because I had got saved. So I didn't want the kids. I'm like, I want to go to these church things. I was kind of like a little religious then. You know, when you first get saved, it's like you born again, really. And so right. it was like I was a new person. So. I changed everything. I used to drink beer a lot, and all that's in the book. I, I mean, I was a beer holic. That's why I used to call myself, and I was a functioning because I worked, and I used to smoke cigarettes all the time. And I did that because I started doing it. I, I was right when I was twenty-one, and then that's when I started drinking and smoking to cover that up, which really didn't help. But you know, in my mind, it was helping at the time. But. Uh, when like when uh like my daughter she's living with me my uh, second oldest daughter she just said yesterday what you said about uh kids getting slapped in the mouth and stuff when they talk back or roll their right. ass she said she said mama when the and I was a young mother she said when the when the sun went down 
we better be in the house. And she's right. Because they weren't in the house. Right. They got a whooping. I didn't play you with sure it. And they got smacked in. See, she know you I'm sure saying. You sure did. And that so, street light catch you. Boy, you was in right. trouble if that street light caught you. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how I would. All right. But she gonna she gonna she gonna reap what she sold though. Doing doing you like that she is, and like I said, karma is so funny because it don't get you right then now. It can wait ten or fifteen years later. So him is gonna come back to her, and she gonna have to pick up that phone and actually call you one day and say, "Mama, this is what happened to me." But the choice is yours whether you want to listen to it or not. That's what I said about these young ladies when I stayed with them. Cause my mother always treated me. I was the only child in her household, so she it was kind of like a spoiled thing. She kept me sheltered, and when I actually got out on my own, these twins treated me so badly. And I seen them uh, this exact uh, year. They are a hot mess. And I said, "Look at mm-hmm. that, Tom. It's so funny how you did me. You treated me like I was supposed to be a whore. Mm-hmm. You wanted me to do this, to do that, and I wasn't raised like that. Now look at you." Who looking like the fool now, see? And God not finished with you yet. See, he he not done. Oh, yeah, Michelle. If I hope one day you listen to this show because you got to pay back come doing your mother like that. You supposed to honor your mother and father no matter what the circumstances are. You got it coming to you, honey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you know, I was um reading Chapter 4 of The Unbelievable Truth, and I know this is off the subject, but how you were speaking of the the unforeseen activities that were going on in your house by your ex-husband finding jury. Because my husband, he's very spiritual, too. He could see spirits off and on. And I'd be like, how? I don't see them. And I don't think I do want to see them, but but it's good to know that (laughs) something exists. (laughs) It's good to know that something exists in the house and that it's time for me to leave. (laughs) So what what was that like to actually know that you was experiencing that? Well, the thing about it is before he and I got together, when my father was alive, it was a house we was living in. And across, my room was upstairs, my bedroom. And I was look at the window, and it was always a lady, a Caucasian lady, standing in that window. She wouldn't move. She would just be standing there. And one day she told me, come here. I told, shook my head, no. But I'm telling you, after that, my bed stopped moving. I am not lying. My brother, I told them, I, because they didn't believe me. And it was like that lady was messing with me. And my mom and my dad said the lady's dad said she died a long time ago. And I'm telling them I seen this lady. So I told my brothers, I said, come in here so y'all can see. And they seen it. And I'm, my lips start swelling. I mean, I was so sick for a long time. And I was afraid to sleep in the room. So then when he got that jewelry, you know, um, by then I believe in that stuff. <laughs> by then I'm like, I'm a believer. So don't bring that jewelry in my house. He done digged it up somewhere and, and bought it in the house. Yeah. I told him, <laughs> told him not to. <laughs> Heard that dog yelping. <laughs> dog was screaming. <laughs> and all we seen was a flare of light. Cause of, uh, oh, no. Why? snapped. It wasn't raining. It wasn't windy. It snapped and hit that dog. Killed the dog, too. And I went off, and I said, you know how to carry it back and bury it back. And when he left, the, my daughter was, was uh, my youngest, oldest daughter, I mean, she was in her bed, and she was asleep, but her b- baby bed was next to our bed. That bed flew across uh, the room with her in it. It slid across the room. <laughs> Terrible. Now he's gone now. I'm in by myself. I don't know what to do. <laughs> now, see, if I was safe, I would bleed the blood, but I wasn't safe. <laughs> I ain't know what to do. My baby cut up in that corner. He got back. And I told him, but he 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 was a believer then, but see, he, he liked all of that. He took me to see the exorcist. Girl. <laughs> right. I said, I'm going to see that movie again in my life. I couldn't sleep for two years. <laughs> It's time to go. The dogs start barking. It's an issue because dogs, animals can. They can see spirits. And see, that's how it was when I had my twin daughters who are nine now. They could see spirits. 
this house, and my husband had found out that an older lady and the boy had died there. But the boy got hit by a car outside, but he lived in the house. And they supposedly, the woman didn't want the man to actually let anyone stay in the house, but he was disobedient, and we was the tenants to stay in there. And my husband saw these encounters, and he said, mm-mm, that's it. We got to go. I even had one of his stepdaughter had stayed with us. And she said she had seen one of the spirits. And she jumped back up on the covers so fast. <laughs> she couldn't even get up to pee. And he, and he used to, that jump scared me to one because he would tell me, he said, I seen the woman hovering over you. And, I, you know, I'm in there with my babies. They, I'm, I'm scared. And one day I had to use it so bad. I, I said, you know what? I'm not getting up out of this bed until he get his butt up out of work. I promise I went back to sleep, so I wouldn't have to think about it. I had to use the restroom. But I said, I'm not going to that bathroom until he get home. I don't see spirits, but I'll be dang if one be behind me while I'm using the bathroom. I, I mean, I was terrified. See, I'm, I'm scared of that, but see him and my mom, my mom's the same way. She went through a spiritual battle, and, and I didn't take him for a joke. I believed him when he said he saw him, but it just scared me because I see this stuff on Unsolved Mysteries and The Exorcist, and you like, oh, yeah, and when the and like you said tomorrow, when that dog starts yelping, it's time to make a move. Forget that. <laughs> right, we moved too. We moved to another, I know that's we moved right. out of that hole uh, because I couldn't stay there. I was like, I'm not staying. I'm not staying here after that. After that bed, the dog, and then that bed slid across that floor. Oh no, because now whatever that thing is, it's messing with my baby. So I was like, no, we're not staying here. So we didn't stay, and then after that. Uh, I left him because he was beating me. <laughs> he st- mm. he started beating me really bad. Right, being you like like you're another dude in the street. Now yes. that's the funny thing about guys mm-hmm. like him. They'll beat a woman, but they won't go beat a real man. Mm-mm. That's right. right. No, he won't beat no man because he know a man gonna beat him up. Tomorrow, yeah. what was the rest of the? <laughs> Tomorrow, what was the rest of the family, brothers and sisters, while all this was going on? Nobody was there to help? Uh, I, You know, I raised myself. I, I left home when I was 15. Uh, after my father committed suicide, and he was my best friend. He, he was the world to me. I was the only girl, his only daughter, and I was the oldest. And so, you know, I was spoiled. Like you said, you were spoiled. So I was spoiled, not just by him, by the whole family. But as I got started getting older, you know, I, we kind of drifted apart. But I just never had a real relationship with my mother, ever. Okay. I, I try, and, we, you know, I'm staying with her now temporarily, me and my daughter and her daughter. Uh, we the three musketeers. We together all the time. So uh, we're going to move to New uh, York. Okay. So this is a, a pit stop. We can, we just came back from California. We've been here for a year. We was in California because Shell and her uh, little imp, her little friend she hang around with who agrees with her being nasty to her mother, they all was coming mm-hmm. against me. So I prayed, and my answer was move to California. It's 2,000 miles away. So wasn't nobody gonna get on the airplane come to California. And I had I know, to, right. I know I, I know to, you did yeah. and I know that I know that felt strange for you at first wondering why God you want me to go two thousand miles. But see that's that's one thing I love yeah. about him because he has a plan for all of us. Sometimes we could question him, oh, yeah. but sometimes you have to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Give him the keys and let him take the rest. He moved you there for a reason. Mm-hmm. He wants you to get away from all that chaos that was going on. That's number trash. And it's sad when it has to be your own family that you have to separate from. Mm-hmm. You be thinking, oh, this is my family. But no, sometimes you got to cut your ties with them too. Deuces. I know. That's what I said. When we moved this time, I told my daughter, Tanya, I said, we done. Because I'm tired of being nervous you know, bed and crying at night because I'm so unhappy. If I'm right. out of here, I'll be okay. Just, they don't act like family, I'm telling you. They do not act like family. Me and my daughters, we laugh together, we joke together, I hug them, kiss them on the cheek, they kiss me on my cheek. The three. You know, when she, but when she's not in her mood, 
she'll hug me and tell me she loves me too when she's not in in that little crazy mood. But, oh, okay. but uh, she, she okay. I got my you. Daughter, she one of those kind. The Michelle sound like one of those kind where you have to ask her. So what mood are you in today? Cause uh, so I can know. Right. I got to do one of my coworkers at work. What what mood are you in? Cause I don't know. Cause you got six thousand moods and I need to know which one I could talk to. But as far as the, the family, I'm, I'm telling you, they like in their own little, they see me on Skype and seen, uh I was near death, but see, I, I don't remember. My daughter told me and I didn't want them, but they said they had to let them see me because they thought I was dying and see the doctors and I didn't care. I wanted to die at that point. I was like, I don't want this stuff. <laughs> it's like one little mistake. Gosh. And that's what right. I, I know that. One little, and that's what people fail to realize. One mistake. It don't take number one time to catch some one time <laughs> to mm-hmm. catch a disease or get pregnant. That's all it took. One time. <laughs> one time. And then I it took one that part time. where you said, you told him what was going on, that you had HIV, and he looking at you like, oh, I'm the criminal. Fool, I got it from you. What you talking about? It came from your butt. You looking at me like I'm the one who did it. Tomorrow, I wish you could have been like, I'm waiting on you at the front door. Shoot. <laughs> like, I did it. You the one gave it to me. You playing like you the victim. Out of here. Now, you know he, know he gave it to me, and I told my daughter, right. I said, he did it on purpose, because I right. had told him, when I met him, I was celibate, so, and I had been celibate for almost three years, and I had told him, no, I, I got to get married, and he was he, like a few months later, I want to marry you, and all that, blah, 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 and I fell for that okey doke, and the day after he we stayed at this hotel. I was leaving mm-hmm. to come back home. He said, I'm going to call you. Now, he used to call me, send me messages, uh, emails, and everything because he lived in North Carolina and I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. And after that, I didn't hear nothing else from him. And I didn't care because God spoke to me three days later. So it said something right. to me that blew my mind. So I said, uh uh-uh. uh. Well, God told me I'd rather have that. Well, God got for me that the man God has for me, I'd rather have that than that. You know, you know what I'm saying? If you running around, you're supposed to be a minister. Why are you running around with all these different women? You have to be if you got HIV. So, oh, and I, was, giving it to I was just talking about that yesterday. Not about the HIV, but I was talking about, you know, just praying and believing and how you see some of these pastors that are on social media some of them I would mm-hmm. I would not follow. Just to be honest, I would not follow you. I know I got a lot of issues going on sometimes, and I need to get myself back to church. But following you would not be one to answer because they're doing the exact same thing like you, and you post, and they post to call themselves godly. Yeah, whatever. You know what? And uh, my daughter and I, we are really funny since about what church we go to. So well, here in Louisville, Kentucky, yeah. we don't go to no church here. We went in California. We went to uh, a church in California, and we loved it. But when we got here, we was like, we don't see no church we want to be at. And we just feel funny. The people in church are phony. 99% of them they are, are phony. So they they live with your life. They Right. That's your best comedy show sometimes going to church. Because <laughs> we went to a church a weeks ago, and my husband said he didn't want to go back to the church because the woman started talking about, oh, this is my son, this is my daughter, and all the other stuff that was coming out of my He said, you know what, I don't have time for that. I really don't. He, it was just too playful <laughs> for him. So he said, I'm not going back. And I don't like all that bragging either. But uh, one thing, like you said, it's it's comical. Uh, you know, I write plays. And I, when I do go, I get, uh, you know, some stuff to put in the plays. So they do give me uh, <laughs> something to write about. Them, my family. I got some plays that have some people cracking up laughing and some people crying because it's well, pointing at things. Right. Huh. I, I definitely, I definitely love to laugh. So I know that was, 
that would be one thumbs up for me. Because church is fun. I'll be watching these posts on Facebook, and I see these videos of people cutting up in church and the music that they actually playing, and you're like, are, are they in church? They playing that? I saw one going all the way back to school. I was like, this is not church. What, what's going on? Is this a concert or church? I'm, I'm confused. Right. I mean, I think we swear in a way, and I understand sometimes they want to get a message out to the younger generation, but you get the message out. But let's stick to the factor of why we need to learn about Jesus Christ. All that plan and stuff at church is unnecessary. It is. Right. It's very unnecessary. You know, uh, you, I would have to commend you, Tawana, because you are a very strong woman. At the age of 19, you actually had to take your time out. Instead of spending time wisely doing the 19-year-old things, going out to the movies, playing or whatever, you had to spend your time as a responsible mother to fight for custody of your own children. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a bit much. That's uh, a lot to take on. It's, it was a lot. And, you know, to not have my daughters, that was devastating. Because I didn't, they were telling me I wasn't going to never see them um, they wouldn't let me talk to them or anything. And I wasn't saved then, so they was all kind of cuss words. You know, you had to beep, 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 beep. <laughs> they, they, right. they got cussed out. But they, they hid in their house. They were terrified of me because when I was younger, I was, I, you know, I was shy at first. But I always had to deal with bullies and all that. So I had to learn how to protect myself, and I got three younger brothers and they was pretty bad and I had to beat them up so I you know I learned how to fight I just I'm not a fighter and I just didn't like to fight but that day when they said I was gonna go but they boarded themselves up they wouldn't come out and they the police said well there's nothing you can do because he's the dad and I'm like oh my god so the dumb mama ex-mother-in-law brought the kids back said they were screaming and hollering for for, for me I'm happy that right. the, the, it, was, it wasn't my weekend because back then we uh, went to uh, they got CPS involved said I was abusing them and everything I mean it was crazy so then we had joint custody oh my god these people are so crazy she brought the kids back and then she goes around the corner somewhere and call the police and say, I came and uh, kidnapped the kid. I don't know what she thought mm-hmm. she was going to get out of that. But they did not win nothing. I got the kid. The police came. He said, uh-uh. He thought it was ridiculous. He said, keep him. He said, but do them like uh, they did you. Keep the kids and don't let them see those kids. And you get you an attorney and get a divorce. And he gave me a uh, a court of this attorney. Attorney did a divorce for free. He did it pro bono. And, uh, I ended up getting permanent custody, and he had no visitation unless I said, you know, said, okay, you could see them. But I didn't, me and him didn't have a conversation after that because I didn't like that. You don't do people like that because, yeah, I don't have a heart, but I do. And I love my. You know, those are my babies. And I love my babies, but I end up getting them back. I end up getting them I'm back so and I raised and, and they got college degrees, which they wouldn't have had if they would have stayed with them. Both of them uh, got a college degree. And I'm so happy for you. I am. I'm so happy. God works in mysterious ways. And I know if people read your book in here, she mentioned that I later forgave them and still have a relationship with some of, the, with most of everyone except the children's dad. But, you know, a lot of people probably say, why forgive? But one thing about forgiveness, I know it's hard because <laughs> it feels like you're getting the wrong and you feel like the other person's behavior doesn't deserve to be condoned. But what you are doing is taking away all that pain that's going to eat away at you. You forgiving whatever sins or whatever hateful thoughts that you have in your mind. It seems it seems so confusing. But forgiveness is the best thing. You and one thing about forgiveness, you can forgive, but I don't think you necessarily have to forget. 
That means I don't have to forget right. what you actually done to me. I'm not gonna go back to that same that same on that same road that you took me down. No. All right. And that's what I uh I have to feel. I done had to forgive a lot of people like my ex in laws and uh the guy who gave me HIV. I, I eventually forgave him but I don't have to talk to him. You know, he he'll send me something on Facebook and say hi. Uh, how you doing? And he had a little nickname for me. He'll say that. And it's, I know it's something trying to drag me in there because he see I done wrote a book and stuff. I went on with my life. Uh, he probably thought I was dead because he never talked to me for almost 10 years. And that's when I found out I had 10, uh, 10 years later after him, I found out I had I was HIV positive. So do you know how devastated I was to hear that? And I'm, I'm not even man up with nobody. I don't do drugs. I'm like, how the heck did I get this? And they said, it, it lays dormant some, in some people. Everything that happened to me, it was rare. I'm telling you. <laughs> but you know, that's God. Because I didn't find out until uh, tw- 2010 that I was HIV positive. If right. I was in Louisville, Kentucky, Shell and her little, uh, whatever you want to call them, friends, uh, they would have took that new information then and ran with it, and I probably would have got really depressed because uh, deeper than what I was. But I got depressed and went into denial and did not go to the doctor for almost three years. Then I get sick, but I'm knowing I, in the back of my mind, I know I got HIV, but I'm like, I know I had it for real, but uh, the doctor didn't lie, but I just didn't want it. And I got sick. I started having seizures. And you read that in the book when I start having those seizures. My daughter said, right. oh, no. She said, it's HIV. Come on, you going to the doctor. Thank God, three of my daughters, they were with me. They moved to California with me. Thank God they were there. Uh, my youngest daughter, they said she took care of me when I had the seizures until the ambulance came. And then that's when they said I had to go to the HIV clinic because they knew I was dying. They See, I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember the doctor said that I had AIDS and the, the depression that I was in went deeper. It mm. went deeper because I was like, okay, disease, if you're going to kill me, kill me. Right. Don't make it be. Right, let me draw it out. Right, I'm taking this. Out. I might as well go on and end it right here. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was like, what is taking this? I'm glad. Every day. But the one, I'm glad that you did start taking your medicine, though, because that would have been a long ballot to just try to die off it, because it's not like a gunshot. Oh, shoot me now and I'm dead. This was going to be a long time of suffering just for you to actually pass away. But I'm glad that you came to that point where, okay, no. let me go ahead and take my medicine, take care of myself. And it's because of my daughters and their love. And God spoke to me and said, you're not going to die. So me hearing that, I was like, okay. And nope, I still do what I had to Right. Exactly. And, he, you know, he said he's not. Right. He said he wasn't ready for you to come yeah. to one. It's not your time. Uh-huh. Wait your turn. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so amazing. We all know our birthday. Right. And, and I got to share this. I'm no longer a positive. I'm HIV positive. My numbers are undetectable. I'm telling you, the doctors hey, were shocked because full blown, full blown. So, like, Ooh, when yeah. was like, so they was like shocked because dementia kills and AIDS kills. So, and I was depressed. So, it's three things that was wrong with me. There's no way I should have lived through that, but I came mm-hmm. back. I started walking, started using the bathroom. I came back. I started writing. I started doing everything. Came back quick too, and I, I love God more than ever. And I tell Him every morning, "Good morning, Lord. I love you because He's awesome. He's awesome. He is, and there's nothing that He cannot do. Right, because it wasn't time for me to go. It wasn't. And mm-hmm. I know it. And I wrote, wrote this book, and it's pleasing a lot of people, and that's why it's making people happy. And they're like, I'm glad you wrote this book because it makes them look at 
things they're going with, you know, through in their life. And because uh, like this guy said to me the other day, he said, it's something you've been through, a person going to be able to relate to at least one. You know, like the rapes and uh, child custody, everything I've been through, family problems, uh, suicide. And he said, did you ever do drugs? I said, no. And he was shocked. He's like, no. He said, but see, because normally people turn to drugs and they can't handle a lot of stuff. I said, no, 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 never did drugs. I was a beer hound. That's what I was. I just used to drink a lot of beer. Beer was like water to me. Yeah, it, it, it's that way for a lot of people. And if you're drinking, please slow down because that will affect you. A lot of people don't know, but it affects your insides really bad. You know, yeah. you get the ulcers, so you have to be careful. But what I want people to be careful of is not to tune out because we're going to come back with Tawana. We're going to talk a little bit more about her life. We're keeping it real on the bright side with technicians, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk. Blog Talk Radio, baby. I'll never get used to these 10-mile runs. They are taking so much time out of my day. Are you training for a marathon or something? Diabetes runs in my family, and I heard if you lose lots of weight, you can prevent it. So I started running like crazy, and I cut my calories big time. Oh, get real. You don't have to knock yourself out to prevent diabetes. My doctor said it's the small lifestyle changes you make that matter because it's easier to stick to them. Wow, really? It worked for me. Six months ago, I started walking a lot and I stopped eating the fried stuff. I've lost 10 pounds. My doctor said I'm doing great. I'll have to ask my doctor about this. I'd love to get my life back. Talk to your health care provider. Losing a small amount of weight by being active 30 minutes, five days a week, and eating healthier can prevent type 2 diabetes. To get your free game plan for preventing type 2 diabetes, call 1-800-438-5383. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the National Diabetes Education Program. All right, and make sure definitely... I will be getting on nutritional cleansing, which I already have started this morning. Been taking my vitamins, did my shake. Um, later on, I'll be doing some more of the shake. But if you want more information about that, definitely, you can hit me up on Facebook at my real name, Technicia Day. You can go to the Bright Side with Technicia on Facebook fan page. You know, however, which way you prefer to swing it. But definitely, it's time to get ourselves cleansed, and you can't do right on Unless you're doing right the other way, so they both got to go hand-to-hand. But I'm on here with my girl, Tawana Lawler, who has this book out called My Life. It's keeping it real, and it is definitely real. It's not your traditional book where, oh, okay, let me be careful of the comments. It's like it's actually speaking to girlfriend to girlfriend, brother to brother. Hey, man, it's in your face, and that's what we want. We want something in your face because these are real issues out here. HIV is the biggest cause of our black community Mostly, we have a high level with men and women, and we take it for granted. Oh, I'm going to go have sex with this person. I'm going to have sex with this person. You are not the invisible man or woman, people. This is reality. When it hits you, it's going to hit you. And tell them to want it. doesn't matter how good you look because the finest chick, the finest man could be walking down and have it right there. And it's not a sign. So please, ladies and gentlemen, please. Thank you. They have free clinics in Atlanta, Georgia, free clinics probably everywhere else in another state. Get yourself tested. But, Tawana, with all that was going on, I mean, you have really kept yourself about, you know, um, I was laughing a little bit in your book. You uh, said this woman, a boyfriend, ended up touching you on the butt, but she's going to look at him like, okay, that's okay, but look at you like this is your fault. Right, right. She did, too. She did. And you know what? Years later, that woman passed of cancer. Just all of a sudden, she she had a big stomach, and she had passed of stomach cancer. So. Wow. I, I, it's I, amazing. I don't know. I, I prayed for it, though, but... Uh, 
I, uh, to rewind, I'm going to say something about getting tested. I agree with you on that. Uh, I told my daughter, I said, they always having challenges. They need to have a challenge for people to get tested. But it's still going to be hard. You know, a lot of people in African American don't want it. They're too afraid of what they're going to hear. That's not going to keep you from not. If you got it, you got it. So it's best to get tested and get it taken care of. Because now I'm okay. You know, my numbers are undetectable. But, you know, last year, this time, I wasn't too good. You know, I, I wasn't good. And uh, I also wanted to share that when I I had surgery in 1999, and when I had that surgery, I was laying in my bed. And I tell everybody this story. I think it's in the book, too. I was laying in my bed, and I'm crying out to God. I had been going to church, but I will go to church and leave, drink my cigarette, uh, drink my beer, and smoke a cigarette, <laughs> like a lot of people do. And so I really, really wasn't, like, loving God like I do now. And so I'm crying out to God and because I was in a whole lot of pain. And I heard a voice, and it's like they Somebody bent over and whispered in my ear and said, uh, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. I'm telling you, this is the truth. That day, I changed my life in my bedroom. I wasn't in a church. I was in my bedroom. I changed my life. I never picked a beer up again. That day, I never picked a cigarette up. Cold turkey just stopped everything. And that's when I became celibate and everything. Wow. I just made a foolish mistake with that guy but you know things happen for a reason and I think this may have right. been for a reason so I right. gotta do what I gotta do <laughs> and look and look at where I led you to now you're writing books you're sharing your message with others and you're living a lovely life with your daughters I hope one day Michelle come around and realize that what yeah. she's about to lose is very it's 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 a lifelong time thing that she's about to lose and she needs to go ahead and make those men and stop being foolish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll be praying for her. I, I love my daughter. I know you do, and I can hear it in your voice, too. It is. It's a hard feeling. I mean, to yeah. just have to be so disconnected. And like I said, I know I'm, I'm happy for you because you the ex-husband's out your life. You don't have to put up with his foolishness, his lying, his cheating. And I'm not going to lie to one. I probably would have had to give him. He would have had to get the beat down. Kiss the people in front. Kiss other women in front of my face. Oh, okay. You want Oh, you want to do it like that? Okay. Yeah, I'll be right in. I'll be waiting for you at the front. Oh, don't you come in. He did. Believe me. He did. He. I locked him out of the house because it was my house. And I locked him out. He came and knocked on the window. Was like, please, please. But my nickname is Nisi. And he was like, please, Nisi, let me in, please, please. He put his hand in the window. I slammed his hand, and I he did. I slammed his hands in the wind. He was screaming. I had slammed it hard too, because he had made <laughs> me so mad. I said, this is the last time you, because he was doing it. He was bold. The girls was calling my house. He he was bold. And he didn't get hit. He had got hit with a phone upside his head because he had pushed me. And at that point, I'm like, I done been beat by two guys in two relationships. I ain't taking no more mess, no treating me. I'm not doing that anymore. So I got mad, and he he did get a beat down. And my daughter said, I had my said I had my I don't even remember said I had my fist balled up. And was headed like in a stance, like saying, "Come on, come on, I want to fight him, like I'm fighting another woman or something." And said he wow. he didn't hit me. I said, "What did he do?" Because I didn't remember. And he said he didn't do nothing. He couldn't do nothing. But all of us was outside. And he would, if he would have hit you, we was gonna gang him. But after that, I had left him alone. And then uh, I went for a divorce. And when I fell for the divorce, he wouldn't sign the papers. He gonna tell the man, uh, she coming back. I don't know what world he was living in, but I had made up my mind I am not going back to him. And I didn't go back. That was a mistake too. That was the second mistake saying I do to somebody that don't love me for real. They you know, they were looking at 
she's nice looking. And back then, you know, I had, I was young, you know, young, when you're young, you got cute shapes and stuff. So that's what they were looking right. at. They wasn't, they weren't looking at anything else. They were just looking at that. And that's it. Because if somebody else came, they look better, that's who they'll be chasing after. Him anyway, the second husband. But, you know, after four years, they were like, okay, he, we were to grant that divorce because he's not signing the papers. And when he knew they were just going to go ahead and grant it, he went ahead and signed it. But it took four years. Wow. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I like, I admire Denise because Denise, Denise stuck by you no matter what. She, yes, uh, she, she was in there. You be here. She's that's the one I just said that this uh, with me. I can't get rid mm-hmm. of. Her. I'm just playing out. She said when I get married, <laughs> she she's gonna leave. I enjoy her company and I enjoy her daughter's company. Uh, they make me happy. They do. We love each other. We got I call us the three musketeers. And yeah, she been with me. You see where I said she gave up everything to move in yeah, to help me did. with those kids. Because mm-hmm. that's a lot. The, the, yeah. you, you, you raised your daughters, and now I got to go and raise some more children that are not even mine. And my grandchildren, because of this fool, want to abuse them and everything. And I'm sure that had to be hard, too, because see, child protective services, they kind of, in a way, they suck a little bit. And I, I was very disappointed when this other young lady, 10 years of age, had passed away because they didn't decide to jump in. You decided to just keep the daughter with the parents. And now, you know, they when they found her in the garbage can, she was burnt up. They, they weren't feeding the daughter. So it's like, okay, you know, but I'm glad that they stuck through it all. But some point in her life, she became suicidal too. How did that be? Now, how did that come about? Uh, she this when she was younger because of Shell. Shell was bad. I mean, she was like oh, a real, real bad. Cat. But you know, I was a young mother, so I didn't think that it was something mental with her until I, we got older. And then I was like, okay, something's mental, and I should have got that checked because. She used to lie. She lies a lot, and she'll lie with a straight face. And, and you'll be saying, "You lying? No, I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth." So she's real convincing. She's like a psychopath oh. and a narcissist. Yeah, my, yeah. my children do that now. My children do that same time. Did you do it? Knowing that they didn't sit right there and lie in your face. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. So I keep spirits in my house all the time too, to one. I keep them all the time because they don't never do nothing. <laughs> they don't never do nothing. It's only two of you. It's only two of you in this house, and you never do nothing. I'm trying to figure out who's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> never do. That was fun. <laughs> they don't never clean that room either. That's what you don't never do. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's something, something else. But Taya, she's she, Tanya's good, and she's a, a school teacher, and she loves those kids. She's a school teacher, and my youngest daughter a school teacher. Okay, see, that's good. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I was reading about the part, Michelle, I hope that Michelle one day gets it in her head to really just go out and get herself tested, the way that you mentioned her in the book, want to sleep from man to man, and pill to post, you better go get yourself checked. I don't know why people are afraid of that test. Don't be afraid of it. I'd rather go ahead and get tested, know my status, and get seen about it than to sit up here and die of that. I know I don't mm-hmm. I don't understand people who want they walk around and it's it's really basically a no care attitude. You don't so you don't care about your life. You don't care to go get seen about it. That's ignorant. Now that's when you become ignorant and stupid to me. When you don't care about your own life. Right, right. See uh when because I was celibate, I never, the doctor asked me, she, she said, your symptoms, and I went to three or four doctors, and they done uh, diagnosed me with all kind of things, multi-myeloma, and 
they thought they see um, something in my breast, and it was just always something. Rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, and uh, so when I went to her, uh, I had started going to her, and I really liked her. And then one day she said, "To all your illness," she said, "Most time." Is HIV. And I was like, I know I don't have that. And then she said, can I test you? I said, yeah, go ahead. I ain't got it. <laughs> Girl, I was pretty sure that I didn't have it. And she came back. She was right, too. And she came back. She said, you tested positive. HIV. Wow. And I was shocked. I was shocked. I didn't break down in there, but I was shocked. Make you feel like your whole world just stopped right then and there, just getting that word. You don't even hear nothing else yeah. with that problem. HIV what? You serious? Is this a camera? Like it just hits you all. The reality just sets in. Like how? And 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 then come on. I know most people out there probably went through this. You feel like you was invincible and you can't believe this ass after to you, but it it does. And you try your best mm-hmm. to protect yourself. And people don't tell you. They have sex with you and won't even let you know. Hey, I got this. Mm-hmm. But, um, and the thing about you know, he had on a condom, and but when he got uh-huh. up, I told my daughter, when he got up, he didn't have on no condom. And I, and I said, I hope he didn't give me nothing. That's the first thing I right. said. And then I ain't thinking. Ten years later, I found out that I got something because I knew I didn't have anything. I was tested in 1999, and I didn't have sex no more, So, and I was negative. I was tested because I had this surgery, so they had to, had to test me because of that. And uh, I didn't have anything, and I wasn't getting sick. I didn't start getting sick three days after I left him, and it was like things, little bitty things. So you wouldn't even look at it like it's HIV. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, like right. one time I had a rash on my foot. I'm thinking it's just a rash, but it really was coming from HIV. But I didn't know that, and. I went to the doctor, and they were like, I, we don't know what that is. I, it looks like it might be eczema. So they gave me some cream, and cream did not work. And then a little rash left a, a, a scar on my foot, too. It say the cream didn't work. It hit so bad, and it hurt. And then, mm. then that was okay. And, uh, right. I, we moved to California. This is when we was living in Kentucky. But then we moved to California. And my stomach started hurting really bad. I mean, where I couldn't walk, it was worse than labor pain. And, uh, and what can be worse than labor pain? It was worse. It was, I just couldn't do anything it hurt so bad. So Tanya, uh, but that's one kind of, her middle name is Denise. That's, that's why I put Denise in there, but, uh, in the book. Uh, she uh, took me to the emergency room. They didn't know what was wrong. They said, they think it was gold, so... With HIV, you see, but it was like years later, everything was happening like in spurts. Until I, you know, until it got closer to AIDS, and that's when I start getting sick. So people listening, and you can sit there and wait. You gonna be right. waking up somewhere else because in my case, the doctor said it was rare that it, it turned like that. They said they very wow. seldom happen because I was full blown, and it was because I hadn't went to the doctor. I didn't want the disease, and it was my fault. And you know, I can't blame nobody else. I'm a grown woman, and it was my fault that I was with that guy, and it was my fault that I didn't take that medicine. I knew better. I knew that I was supposed to take it, but at that point, I wanted to die. I did. Right. I did, right. and then my daughter—they gave me a. I'm glad you had somebody to uplift you. That's a lot. Taking on that, then you, then you, you were celibate for so many years, and all of a sudden, okay, I was celibate. Dang, I should have, I should have stayed celibate. I know that problem going on in your mind. I should have stayed celibate. If I'm gonna end up with this, now I finally have sex, and I end up with this crap. Like I know that had to hit you. Um, Yeah. Before we, before we go to one, I want as if and during any time while Michelle doing all these tantrums and having these blowouts and even today during that time while she's growing up, do you feel any part of it came from her knowing probably your lifestyle? Do you feel any fault on you or the father? Uh, no. 
Mm-mm. Right. Mm-mm. I, I I don't know because my other three daughters are different from her. So I, right. But her dad is not right either. He, I found out as I was with him for a while, he was on crack. So he he's not right, and he's kind of mental. So I I know something's wrong with him. He touched her her daughter, which is my granddaughter, mm-hmm. sexually, and nothing was even really done about that. Uh, I think recently it might have been. I don't know because you know truth is never told. So. I, I gotta do for you know, I know, right. I, I feel like you know, reading after reading the book and going through it, I know it's supposed to be based on your life. I just feel like this book is more targeted towards Michelle. It's like a cry for it's a cry for to help Michelle. That's who really needs it. She's trouble. Mm-hmm. That's a very troubled young lady. And I hope one day God just whispers in her ear where she could go to church because she has a lot going on. You had she had children at a very young age. She was misguided mm-hmm. by these guys who she think loved her. She even she t- even took her anger out to abuse her own children and lied about mm-hmm. that. Deceiver stealing, selling drugs. Oh Michelle, you got a long life list of this torture. I promise you, God have not forsaken you. He's going to touch her. He's going to touch her. And I hope that I stay in touch with you to one and get that update on her. Because it's, it's a long walk, but she's going to get there. I hope I do touch her heart. She needs it. Yeah. She's I a, do, too. She's a trouble. Right, and that's amazing. It's a lot of people like her walk around with these troubled souls. They walk around on earth. Mm-hmm. dead on the inside. They don't have, she feel like she might be living, but she's actually dead. She's a dead soul. Right, right. And I miss my grandbabies, but she's not allowing me to see them. They're young ones. I got, I'm I'm attached to the youngest one. I raised her since she was four or five months or something. She was a baby. I I potty trained her and the little boy. So I potty trained them, but the youngest one, she used to call me mama because she didn't know her mother. And then I had to tell her, you know, that her mother was Shell and I'm the grandmother. But right. I missed that and she one. Love and are you still having that the are you still having that conflict with your grandchildren, um, Lynette and Tess now? Yep. Oh, uh, Lynette all with her. So now she done turned them against me. Because I don't know why she don't like me. I don't know, but I, I think a lot of it really comes from her dad because her dad don't like me because he feels like I should have stayed with him and get beat up all the time. And when he know I left my first husband for the same reason, you a boyfriend. If I left a hu- ex-husband, why you think a boyfriend, you know, going to be able to do this? And I got tired of it. And plus, he was no, jealous, you, I, too. Right. And that's the one thing that'll kill you, that jealousy. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I, I tell you. But, one, I really do appreciate you for being on the show and and spreading your love and joy. I know that was only an hour. It's just so much more for people. Tawana and I are not going to spoil it for you. You're going to have to really get up and get the book. You can get it from Barnes & Noble if or uh, if you don't want the paperback, they have it on Nook, so you could get in, read it right on your computer, your tablet, or whatever else that you have. But from her book, I want to read this excerpt. Um, it's the raindrop song, like raindrops fall in slow motion. Each strike represents her beauty, her style, and her grace. As we look upon her youthful face, her childish giggle is like music to our ears. Aging is something she does not fear. Each raindrop circles her with a vivacious dance leaving all she comes in contact with in a revitalizing trance. The raindrop touches the pistol of her every being. A woman of strength is whom we are seeing. Flowers bloom at the touch of her silky smooth hand. 
with the touch of her foot, grass grow greener with each and every strand. Her days will be full, her life will be long, as she sings that lovely raindrop song. And that's coming from Tawana Laurelly book called My Life from Treasure to Destiny. Tawana, thank you so much for being on our show today. You are so welcome, and God bless you. I hope for the best for you. I'll make sure I keep in contact with you. Okay, and can I say something real quick? Uh, if they want to order the book, tell them to order the second edition. The first edition, okay. I'm not dealing with. The second edition, okay. it has more stuff too. Okay, thank you. You are so welcome to one. Thank you, darling. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. This has been a blessful and real episode on the Bright Side with Technicia. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 